Life admin. Yep, it even sounds boring. No wonder it goes on the long finger. But when you do get round to it, a good place to start is by reviewing your mortgage. You really never know if there's a better option unless you look into it. That's where the Ulster Bank Mortgage Team could help. Wherever you bank, get in touch and find out about switching your mortgage to us. Just search Ulster Bank Switch. Ulster Bank. Help for what matters. Over 18s only. Ulster Bank Ireland DAC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Hey there, podcast fans. I'm Cassie, and I'm the host of Disflix and Tidbits, my solo movie podcast about Disney Company movies from the past, present, and coming soon, and all the little extras, movie news, and experiments on nostalgia in between. Come for the childhood memories, stay for the deep dive into your favorite movies. New episodes every Wednesday. Tune in to Disflix and Tidbits. Subscribe for free everywhere podcasts are found. Welcome to another episode of Disney vs. Disney Debates, the podcast where we try and figure out exactly what is the best Disney film ever made. I am your Grandmaster and Judge, Zane C. Weber, here to preside over the debate of Coco vs. Cars. To represent Coco this week, we have none other than Craig Couchy. Hello. Thank you. I know how to pronounce your name now because I have practiced. Yes. And to represent Cars, we have the one and the only Alex Smith. Hello. Hello, Alex. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. All right. So, (laughs) Craig, you're Mm. new to the podcast. I am. I am. Uh, So, why do you like Disney so much? And in particular, Coco. Uh, Well, Coco was. One of the like, I've only ever cried to th- for three movies, unfortunately, and Coco was one of them. And I, it just hit me out of nowhere. I remember going watching it, um, the finished work, and went went to go watch it, and I was just, you know, Disney movie. wasn't expecting much, and yeah, just hit you blind. Never forgot you. about it after. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and why Disney movies? I think they're just that's what I've grown up watching. What I always grown up loving, and it's always you know, been a keen interest of why I love filmmaking and story making, the way they do their stories. Because you are a filmmaker yourself. I, I am, I do make some films. Um, and the way they present their films and the characters and the stories and the song, it's just, it just stays with you. And then it, you know, gets imbued in your own writing, your own filmmaking. Absolutely. And Alex, why, what is your connection to Cars? Um, well, I watched it as a, as a child and I just really enjoyed it. Um, I have many, many points as to why I think it's so great and I don't want to spoil them here and give you any ammunition. Uh, but yeah, I saw it when I was, I was a wee a wee babby and it left its mark on me and I just really enjoyed it and I love my childhood and it was a part of that time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, wonderful things. It's a, it's a great thing when you love your childhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think that can be the official stance of the podcast. Uh, so... We are here to debate. Uh, we have our fact checker here today, Miranda Selwood. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Miranda. Uh, so she will be keeping you honest all the way through the debate. So we have th- four rounds. We have a three-minute opening statements as to why your film is the best Disney film ever made. Then we'll go into why your opponent's film is not. Then we'll have a nice open discussion where we can ask each other questions followed by a summary and my judgment. Now, there are five categories that I'm looking for. The memorable moments in your film, the message that your film puts out there, the movie magic, the magic music, and the final catch-all topic, that Disney touch. So, 
we need to flip a coin. And of course, we have not yet done that. We need to do it again. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Miranda, if you will. Seeds or no seeds? Uh, no seeds. All right. This is a piece of bread that we are seeds flipping. Seeds it is. Okay. So, Alex, you get to choose whether you go first or second. Uh, I choose to go first. Wonderful. Bold. Good. I like it. Okay. Your time starts, Alex, when you start talking. So, Cars is about more than just racing, much more. We learn about the importance of slowing down and living life by our main character, literally having to slow down. We learn that too often we sacrifice great experiences that we could be living to make our lives more convenient. As Sally, the character, states about the town after the new interstate is built, Cars didn't drive on it to make great time, but to have a great time. Simultaneously, shining a light on the very real and very sad story about the closure of many towns on Route 66, who uh, depended on the tourism of passers-by. There is also the message that despite initial prejudices against and certain types of people, like the rusty cars that McQueen is so uncomfortable around, we are all humans and simply getting to know, well, except for the cars, uh, simply getting to know one another is enough to break down these walls, which I think is an important uh, message, don't you? Uh, it has very memorable moments, like the intro scene, I think is one of the most high-paced and exciting Disney intros. Uh, the scene with the waterfall when they go driving is one of the ones that people remember uh, the, the most when they think of this movie, it comes to mind. Uh, the scene where they revamp the town is also very endearing, uh, which brings me to the music. Uh, nine of the songs on the cast soundtrack are contemporary songs of all genres, while the other 11 are composed by legendary composer Randy Newman. Uh, the soundtrack was nominated for Best Compilation Soundtrack Album, while John Mayer version of Route 66 was also nominated for Best Solo Rock Vocal Performance, and Our Town won the award of Best Song Written for a Motion Picture, Television, or Other Visual Media. Uh, Real Gone by Sheryl Crow, Life is a Highway. Life is a Highway? Are you kidding me? This movie has Life is a Highway in it? Uh, Route 66, country tunes like uh, Behind the Clouds, and I really like Shaboom. Um, <laughs> uh, what I got? Oh, it also features uh, the voices of several racing legends, which they didn't have to do, including uh, Richard Petty, his wife, uh, Michael Schumacher, uh, Mario Andretti, and Dale Earnhardt Jr., to name a few. Uh, Cars was the first Pixar movie to utilize a technique known as uh, ray tracing, which accurately renders light reflecting and passing through surfaces without having to paint them by hand, uh, revolutionizing the industry. Uh, this movie has some really solid humor, just generally. Uh, Mater gets a bad rap, but I think it's funny. Uh, it's a classic story of a jerk celebrity who learns to open his heart and make friends, and it is done in a subtle and believable way with good writing. I feel it's a very natural progression. Uh, the sheer massive... I'm going to skip that bit and hit the, uh, the big point. The film broke records for retail sales of merchandise, bringing an estimated $10 billion for five years after the film's release, injecting a huge amount of cash into the company, which to me suggests that kids love this movie, and if not the movie, then at least the merch, and this is all supposed to be to make kids happy, so if a bunch of adults don't like this but kids famously do, what are you doing? It's a kids movie, come on. Um, yeah, people gloss over cars, but it's an underrated, and kids love it. What more do you want from a kids movie? Uh, I had other stuff, but... Eh. Gonna call it there? Oh, it's a, it's a remake of Doc Hollywood. <laughs> yep. That's pretty much it. All right, okay. Remake of Doc Hollywood, excellent. <laughs> okay, we will end on that point. Uh, so, Craig, you will also mm. have three minutes. I forgot to warn you about the uh, the two-minute <laughs> warning tone. Uh, so you will get a warning at two, and I'll cut you off at three. Your time starts when you start talking. At a time where Disney Pixar have been banking on sequels and prequels, they showed the filmmaking world that they are still a creative force with the release of Coco. And it's clear 
that Coco had a great impact when you consider it won 106 awards out of 141 nominations, chosen by the National Board of Review as the best film of 2017, won the best animated feature and original song at the Academy Awards, and won a record-breaking 11 awards at the Annie Awards. And it's not hard to see why. The movie is littered with Disney magic moments. The marigold pedal bridge is stunning, the singing at the end teardropping. The animation of Coco itself is innovating. That to incorporate the most amount of light sources that they have ever had to incorporate in order to give the visually stunning appearance in a world that is portrayed constantly at night. They figured out how to give one light point a million sources and this allowed for the stunning visual of the marigold petal bridge but also allowed the characters to interact with it. And talking about the characters, in particular the skeletons, the animators created different character rigs for each skeleton in order to give them their own personality. Director Lee Unkirk does a grand job of appropriating Mexican heritage, supplanting Dia de Muertos into the fabric of the film as more than just an aesthetic launching point or interesting cultural backdrop. The filmmakers and animators travel to Mexico five times to research about the culture, people, food, traditions, to help define the story and characters of Coco. The, female, the, the filmmakers took us on a visual orgasmic trip that explored beautifully the Mexican culture. The story itself offers a message about the importance of a family that crosses generations, cultures and traditions. And while there is much of what makes Disney movies amazing, they did it in such a clever way that added more depth to these aspects we've all come to love and enjoy. Like, for example, the cute and adorable dog character Dante that's usually in these Disney films for marketing is used to represent a Mexican guide to the afterlife. And the way they use the songs are enriched by the culture they sing about, but aren't just an opportunity for the cast to sing and dance about their feelings. The main song, Remember Me, is hauntingly beautiful and is used throughout the film to mean many different things. It's the song of a son wanting to remember his ancestors. It's the song of a father having to leave his kids. And finally, in a heart-wrenching moment, it's a song sung to a dementia sufferer by her great-great-grandson about remembering an integral member of the family. The songs weren't there to explain any backstories or dreams or wishes. They were interwoven into the stories, into the magical moments that Disney movies are renowned for. The story introduces kids to the notion of respecting one's own heritage and the grief around the loss of memory. But there is so much depth that a lot of important messages can be taken. Remembering the dead, importance of sharing stories. The movie not only uncovers a fascinating and rich culture, but it's a film message that spreads the span of the earth and if aliens do exist into their culture too. On top of that, this movie was just released, so in years to come, even decades, kids and parents will be able to re-watch Coco and take from it different lessons and messages, just like many of the movies I've grown up watching. And it's a story that comes Put at a time... Put the jiggers up, you right. genius jughead of Jack Not in the Box! enough. Well done. Whew. Okay, take a deep breath as we move <laughs> on to... Not necessarily into the microphone, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we move on to the second round, which is a two-minute rebuttal as to why your opponent's film is not the best Disney film ever made. So, Alex. So, two minutes? Two minutes is what you will get, uh, and your time will start as soon as you start talking. This film is rewarded for striving towards cultural diversity and representation, but this feels like an empty claim when not only do they greatly change the concept of the afterlife in Mexican culture, but Disney tried to trademark Day of the Dead for this movie, a move which suggests that they are using this less as a genuine attempt to be inclusive and more like an attempt to seem that way in a world demanding representation. 
Also, it's insanely predictable. The twist is so predictable. As soon as I heard the words, remember me each time you hear a sad guitar, I knew it was going to be reprised in a sad context. The old microphone was on trick. And a huge deus ex machina when the photo at the end, you can't tell me that Mama Milda kicked that man out of her house, tore his head off, and then left it in a place where her daughter could find it. What? Also, the message that family is important, we've heard that a million times. Families, like, cool. It is. But also, a point I heard earlier, that it could have gone a different direction before the twist, the needless twist, that it could have been that your family is not your blood family, but also just like your actual, you know, the people who actually care about you. Just because you're related to someone doesn't mean that they are your family. Um, I don't even know what else to say about this movie. It's, it's, it's just... Um, it's just emotion porn. That's all it is. Everyone gets so swept up in how genuinely emotional the ending is that they forget it's structured terribly. It's structured terribly with a predictable plot. The, the Alabrijes are, are used... They're just, they're just thrown in. Everything's just thrown in. And I, I definitely applaud the fact that they went there and they tried to you know, learn the culture and represent it accurately, but they didn't. They just didn't. And it really seems like they were just using it to pat themselves on their back and and just it wasn't ingenuous disingenuous is what it was i say i shake my fist at this film a good film but bah bah i say <laughs> a bat oh th the mic was on are you kidding me that's how we end this movie good film but no all right well that's that's your time so well done uh good film but no is the argument we have there uh just a uh, check in with our fact checker. Is that a uh, good film? But no, is that <laughs> correct? Uh, well, I did search was Coco disingenuous and uh, I got a few articles about it being problematic, but that generally I think the feeling is they tried. All right. Well, let's see what Craig <laughs> has to say about cars. Mm -hmm. Craig, your time starts as soon as you start talking. A young hotshot damages a small town on the way or to a new place and is sentenced to community service. They fall in love with a local who wasn't originally from there and they also fall in love with the town. They eventually aid the town and then head on to their destination only to return to the small town for the woman they've left behind. Sounds like cars, but it's not. It's Doc Hollywood. Hey. Yeah, and it took five writers to actually write the story of Cars. That's five <laughs> writers came up with a story idea that was based on a movie that was written by three writers, which technically means that's eight writers to come up with the story of Cars. <laughs> Very original there. And the story is a low-stakes thrill ride, and its central theme of nostalgia for a small town is completely lost on children. It follows a formulaic story, which most movies do, but usually stories have compelling characters and conflicts and magical moments that distract the audience. The characters of Radiator Springs, they don't have much real depth to them. They're shaky in regards to representation. You've got the old man, the love interest. They're clearly voiced by a lady of colour, sassy car, that makes inappropriate comments towards Lightning McQueen. The hick that's there just to make fun of. The greasy salesman and his slick understudy, that's voiced by a Mediterranean actor. And above all, Lightning McQueen is just not a likeable character for kids to be looking up to. He only changes his way to prove to Doc Hudson that he's a good car. He doesn't do it out of the kindness of his heart. He's doing it because Doc Hudson says, you're not a good guy. So he's like, I'm going to prove you I am. He's not doing it because he wants to. He's just doing it to prove a point. And it's even shown later on when they're at a dance that he chooses, instead of dancing with the old lady, he goes off to, to be with Sally. He ignores an old lady asking to dance just because he wants to go shack it up with Sally. The score is, you know, yeah, sure, there's one song that they've ripped off again, unoriginal song of Life is a Highway, but it's uneventful. 
it's just there. It's nothing that you can really remember other than that one song that, again, won't really relate much to kids. Um, and it's got nominated for Oscar but lost to Inconvenient Truth. On top of that, it's also one of the only Disney Pixar films to have been nominated for Best Animated Feature and not win. Uh, and while the animation sure looks cool with its reflecting cars, it's, I don't think it's a bigger well, renovation. Jig is up, you jaded, jug-headed jack-in-the-box. Okie dokie. Well, strong words all around. So I think we're going to take a break. We will come back with an open discussion about some of the things that I've written down and maybe some questions that you might have. Uh, and we will be back after a short break. All right, so back with an open discussion about the points that you have made so far. Um, there have been a couple of things that both of you have said about the way that your film fits into Disney Pixar overall, mm. specifically how commercially successful Cars was, um, particularly in terms of merchandising, etc., and how critically um, a return to form it was Coco was for Disney Pixar. So I'd like you to talk a little bit more about how these films sit in the company, in their oeuvre, um, and how and just kind of make your arguments for this particular topic being the Disney touch, um, if possible. So we'll start with Alex because you decided to go first. Oh, yes. Um, well, uh, I guess I just want to know. So there are a lot of claims that obviously uh, the film The Book of Life came before Coco. Uh, mm -hmm. And some would argue that it was kind of a ripping off Book of Life. Obviously, two very different films, but that is what the greater audience has said. Um, thoughts? Thoughts? Uh, I think that they've probably taken inspiration. Don't think it's a direct necessary ripoff. It covers similar themes, um, but probably takes it even with you know visual representation further, and it, it presents it in a way for all people of different backgrounds. Different cultures, and I would say that's that's a it's a big stone to be throwing where your film is an actual remake of another film that already exists. It's not an official remake. No, it's it more is of not. An accident. It's <laughs> well, an accident. More of a, an, an eight eight writers writing a story that's already been told. Can it, accident. Can it yeah. be an accident if it's essentially similar plot points? But mm. yeah, you like you don't own accident? the hero's story. You don't own the concept of but someone then, ending yeah, up in no, a place. No, no, no. But you would say that Doc Hollywood <laughs> would own that idea of him going to the town, him rebuilding the town, and then him leaving the town and then going back to the town. Well, I mean, if we're if we're getting picky, <laughs> well, that's not <laughs> picky. <laughs> picky <laughs> on the broad, broad tough stuff. I, I think I think that point's been made. But I would like to, um, Alex, if you could talk to why. Uh, Cars being such a commercial success and an ongoing commercial success, it's got sequels that yeah. by all means have been uh, have not tanked at the box office, um, and how successful it is and popular it is with kids. You said kids love this film, and that's yeah. true. Um, so, if you could speak to why that is important, as opposed to the critical reception of an adult audience, true. I think uh, I think movie snobbery meant that a lot of people wrote this film off because it was about cars and it was called cars uh and it kind of very much played a certain way uh i think that kids love it because a they gave it a chance and i think this is a good film that has heart it's very pretty to look at um with a really banger soundtrack uh and yeah i mean kids 
like the merchandise and it, it did go on to have sequels, which would suggest there is a market and you can vote you vote with your wallet when it comes to like films like this. Um, I, th- I would argue that Coco is definitely uh, a much more mature film. I think that it's definitely a film more suited towards adults, but this is a kid's film industry. And unfortunately, if the kids aren't getting around it, then that's not the recipe for a successful film. And I think that's probably a lot of why critic it was critically acclaimed, um, but didn't do too well because, you know, you know, because okay. all those points before. That, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Craig, would you like to answer that as to where Coco sits in in Disney Pixar's... I think with Coco, it's that it's the way it's sort of depicting this culture, um, but then trying to show, especially in the current situation, the current climate we have now, that it's important you know, to celebrate things that make us different. It's important to uh, remembering what unites us, and I think the important thing with Coco, what it's trying to spread is the idea of remembering your heritage, teaching your kids to be proud of where you've come from, but also respecting everyone else around you, uh, and even just the power of music and how it unites us and how it creates these uplifting moments for kids. It creates, you know, when um, Miguel sings in front of the audience for the first time and just that silence of him singing, it is really, you know, it doesn't matter who you are and where you're from, it doesn't matter if you've got a car. It, that moment there, everyone's going to feel and everyone's going to experience and seeing a representation of that. I think that's, if, culturally, that's where Coco sits in this world and in with Pixar and Disney, it's, it sits in a place where we're trying to unite the world and unite everyone as being equals. Okay, yeah. So both of you have spoken a little bit about uh, the problematic aspects of each other's films. I would like you to both point out the <clears throat> your least favourite character in the other person's film and why, Alex. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I got nothing off the top of my head. <laughs> All right. You really threw that at me. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it was an entirely cold question. Uh, what about you, Craig? I think um, Maida <clears throat> from Cars. Uh, oh, no, actually, no. Um, I forget what her name is, but the, the sassy car lady. She's the one that kind of really, like, I just didn't like because I just thought it just felt very unfair to portray some character like that and just felt, just felt unnecessary. And like a few of those characters in Radiator Springs just felt like could have been done, you know, give some depth to the characters and not feel like... Stereotypes. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Well, do either of you have any questions for each other? Uh, I have... Uh, see, I feel like my question would kind of... For starters, I have like a mild, slight defense for that. Well, it's <laughs> your choice whether to bring it up or not. Uh, I definitely absolutely disagree with any sort of racial stereotyping. Um However, if you how do you represent diversity in a cast when there are no humans? How you know aside from having language. visual visual stereotypes and the, making the, them the, disgusting the choice of language and the choice of how it's being pronounced is very they're very they're clearly going for a very you know obvious choice with that character with the way she's saying it and just that snappy sassiness to her. If you were to watch, if you were to visually represent that as a person, you kind of get who they're trying to point at. I definitely agree with that, and I'm not hugely wed to this point. Um, but I think, yeah, if uh, the uh, the alternative is just, just you know, like everyone it's is something just straight white American, you know. Sure, absolutely. They, I mean, you could just have a diverse voice cast without having yeah. the voice cast tied to, say, the 
the country of origin of the specific car and then what their function is. Like it could just be a diverse voice cast with a diverse set of cars rather than going for established human stereotypes. True. Um, but Definitely that's agree. neither here nor there. That's mm. not what they did. Um, so, all right, let's take another break and we will come back with final summaries. All right, fact checker Miranda has told me that there is nothing to fact check, so you're all in the clear for now. Uh, so now we have the one-minute final summaries, starting with Alex. Uh, so you have one minute. Your time starts when you start talking. Basically, yeah, um, the cars did incredibly in the box office because kids love it. It's selling $10 billion worth of merch over five years. Um, you, like... That's facts. You can't deny the facts. Um, it has a killer soundtrack. Uh, I feel I praise what they try to do with Coco, and they're definitely encouraging um, representation and diversity, which is very important, but I can't help but feel that it fell flat with their misrepresentation of the uh, afterlife in Mexican culture and uh, a bunch of unfortunate uh, cliches, I feel, um, throughout the film. But, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, no problem. And that's so that did not need all the time. So, Greg, you now will have one minute. You may use as much or as little of it as you wish. And your time starts when you start talking. The fantastic thing about Coco is the fact that it brings so many people in together. And it's about, you know, it just the message it spreads across the world will be something that will continue to be with us forever as opposed to something like Cars that I think is about a thrill ride and it's about slowing down. But I don't think it will last as long as something that Coco will. And even the fact that so the, the Chinese film board, which is notoriously tough to get films past censorship, uh, they actually allowed Coco to go through completely as it is, complete the cut as it is. They didn't look to alter any of it. And I think that's saying something that you know, a, a sensor board that will normally not allow films to show and allow parts of films to show that are about death, that are, you know, are about these kinds of tough issues, you know, allowed it to go through shows that there's an importance in this film. All right. Okay. Did not need the whole minute. Wonderful. Now I'm going to go and do my maths. So please take this time to tell each other what you like about the other person's film, please. Okay, so I absolutely love Coco, and I applied to fight for it, and I love it, and I was really gutted that I didn't get to. Um, I saw it on New Year's, and then I saw it the day after New Year's, and then I took a friend again to see it a third time, and I've also seen it by myself. Uh, it makes me cry every mm -hmm. time. The music is incredible, uh, inspiring. I learned a lot about Mexican culture. I slammed it so much for this whole debate, but I learned a lot. Um yeah, uh, I think that's definitely encouraging. <laughs> it's definitely encouraging uh, representation and diversity. Mm. I think even if they are uh, messing it up, I think the the attempt is so much more than we had in the past. And, you know, I, th I think it's great. It, it made me want to learn more about the culture. And I think that's a really great thing, like you said, and genuinely incredibly heartwarming. Love this movie. Love this movie. Well, I think Cars is quite awesome as well. I, I love all Disney Pixar films. Like, they're my favourite and just the way they handle their stories. So I think, for me, Cars as well, like, you can take, yeah, sure, he's an unlikable character, but I think 
that's the point. He's meant to be unlikable so that by the end you get that full lesson of what it means that you need to, you know, you need to slow down. You need to respect the things that have come before because like, and that's what both these films are really about. They're about respecting the past, respecting where you've come from. And, you know, obviously um, cars encapsulate such a small part of like, you know, American culture and, you know, the American West, but I think that it's an important part to remember. And it's, you know, it's so much more simpler those days. And that's really at the heart of it, that things can still be simple now. And I think that's the heart of cars. And I love the animation of cars. I actually love the reflections that I remember seeing when they first showed McQueen. I'm like, you can actually see the, like that truck he's in. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Mm. And so I think there's a lot of, you know, and I, I watched it more as I've become an adult. I watched cars. So it's not as accessible in the sense that like, I want, I want a car, but I just know that if I was a you know kid when I was watching that, you'd be looking up to lightning McQueen being like, yeah, I drove that car around when I was young. I want a lightning McQueen car. So there's, you know, the merchandise from it is clear. It's clear why it was so popular in the merchandise because like it's awesome cars. All right. I have the maths completed. <laughs> Let's start with the movie magic. Lay it on me. Uh, Cars was very successful, uh, but Coco was much more successful when it comes to awards and the technology, the design. Um, Cars was... Uh, Pixar doing what they do well in their animation, but Coco was them experimenting and pushing forward. Just weight of numbers won this uh, this topic over for Coco. Um, so I think when because you were talking about uh, 140 of 160 nominated awards, whereas Cars was nominated for some awards, particularly for music, but it didn't win um, any awards. When it comes to that Disney touch, though, um, Alex, you did a really good job of picking up what Cars did for Disney Pixar and what it continues to do for Disney Pixar. Um, Craig, you really focused in on the movie and the music and and, and those uh, granular parts of things where, Alex, you did a good job of bringing in uh, what it the movie meant to the company as a whole. So... Cars took out that Disney touch. Um, when it comes to the message, both of you, both of these films have been accused of being problematic in one way or another. Um, so I've I've taken it into account on on both hands, um, and so I think the messages are very clear in Cars, like the open-mindedness, the learning to look outside yourself. Um, it's a very American story, again, because it is an accidental remake of uh, <laughs> of a previous film. Um, and the, the message in Coco is very singular and simple. It's, it, it is about family and honouring the truth of the family. Uh, so this topic, this segment is actually a tie. Hey. Um, I think they're two very different stories and they focus on very different things. Uh, but in this argument, you both gave me the same amount of to and fro about both films. Now, the other two topics are the music and the memorable moments. And they both went to one film. So I'm going to announce that. Coco is the better Disney <laughs> film. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when it Good comes to the music, you too, man. 
it's hard to fight against Coco when music yeah. is such an integral part of that film. Um, I like I did not discount the soundtrack of Cars, but yeah, Coco, just that the Remember Me song the point that you made about it being used in so many different contexts to mean so many different things. It's just a masterpiece of uh, of using song in film and memorable moments again. Um, that dementia moment at the end is just heartbreaking for everyone who watches it. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, the, this this debate goes to Coco. Thank you, Alex, for putting up a good fight with Carl. <laughs> like Alex, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> you fought hard. I scrabbled for it. Well deserved. Well deserved. And congratulations to Craig for taking it out with Coco. Coco will move through to the second round. If you think I made the wrong <laughs> choice, uh, Alex, you're laughing, but. There, there are people out there who love cars, That's true. Um, both the movie and the noun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you think I've made the wrong choice, you can go onto our Facebook page. There will be a poll if you're listening to this and you can vote now for which of these movies you think is better. And if Cars beats out Coco, it has a chance to go through to the second round as a wildcard entry. Uh, And so you can find that on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter for more information. Uh, So thank you to Miranda for fact-checking us today. No problem. There weren't many facts to check today because you all kept it quite honest. Uh, Thank you, Alex, again for fighting so valiantly for Cars. Thank you very much. Congratulations, Craig, for winning for Coco. Thank you. And we'll see you in the second round. I've been Zane C. Weber, and we will be here same time next week. Keep listening to Disney, everyone. Listening to the Floof and Papa podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Taylor. And we're going to talk about all things dogs dog stories, dog breeds, dog tips and tricks, dog puns, dog jokes, dog everything. If you're not listening, Uh, hit us up at the Floof and Papa podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tune in. That's Not Gunner Productions podcast. Sounds like there's a breakdown in communication. Next time, come to a Skoda workshop where our after-sales team speaks fluent Skoda. We understand those mysterious little sounds and can fill you in on all your car's needs. We also offer free 12-month roadside assistance and only use genuine parts. Book your service at skodaservice.ie. Skoda. Simply clever.